Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. If you happen to be a parent in this room, I'm imagining that most of us have experienced some scenario similar to this, okay? So you've probably experienced this yourself as a parent, or you've at least seen maybe another parent have to deal with something like, now I don't believe this kid has been shot, okay? (laughs) I don't believe that she's in prostrate worshiping the Lord in this moment, okay? I think there's some sort of temper tantrum happening, even though she could go to Kansas with those red slippers, right? But it happens, right? We've seen it happen, or it's happened to us, and I can remember a couple conversations with Kim calling me just in tears. I didn't ask permission to share this, but I think we could all, you know, there, there is company with misery in this sense that, that we've been there, but with, with Isabel specifically just saying, she lost her mind, and that made me lose my mind. I had to just get her out of that store. I didn't even have to ask which store. I knew it was Target, because the chances... <laughs> of it happening was going to be target because there was more opportunity. But a couple of times, we, we had that conversation, and thankfully I wasn't a part of that, and God bless my wife for having to deal with that, but that was her having to deal with that situation. But I, I thought it would be fun nowadays, but it would be a little, uh, it would create a lot of stress for her. But just to go to Target with my wife, one, that's stress for me, but if I was with her in Target and, and just ask her, hey, can I have this? And her say no, and then me go to the floor, ah! and start wailing and crying. That would be a lot of fun for me. It would not be fun for her, it would be fun for me. However, I don't want to make the news for that. There's some things I'd like to make the news for, but not one of those situations. But if an adult pulled one of those temper tantrums at a store, that's newsworthy. With a kid, we kind of get it, even though we we wouldn't uh, approve of it or be pleased by it. We would uh, look at that situation like, man, that kid's got problems. But we understand it's still a kid. Now, if an adult is doing something similar, now we've entered into this whole thing like, really, this person has lost their mind, call the police, get the news out here, and this would be reported on uh, of an adult acting like that at a supermarket, at a store, out in public. Because we understand there's a maturation process. There's a developmental stage in the life from kid on growing on up into an adulthood. There's stages. Well, the same thing is true about parenting, okay? As we parent, we have to understand healthy parenting needs to be a journey from control to influence, okay? We need to be on that path as a parent, moving from control to influence. Now, last week, as we started this series, I talked about I'm not the perfect parent, and if you have been blessed with kids, you're not the perfect parent, and even in our imperfections as parents, we still have to be the parent. I mean, that's who God has created us to be, the authority figure, uh, the boss applesauce, so to speak, in the life of the children that he has entrusted to us. We are the authority figure, and we cannot abandon that responsibility. There is control that is needed, but we can't always lead, or shall I say, we can't always parent from a place of control. Because as our child grows up, we hope that they move into adulthood, and they don't act like a kid Anymore, And I think one of the biggest mistakes we make as parents, and we're all in this, by the way. This is something for me, too, because none of us are perfect. But one of the biggest mistakes that we make today is that we treat our children 
like children right up until the very day that we expect them to be adults. And there's a disconnect there. There is a problem with that pattern. And that's really what it is. That's what I mean, that there's a pattern that we treat them like children, we talk to them like children, we only give them child responsibilities up until the point where they're adults. We try to control everything for them until the day where we no longer have control. Now, parenting obviously is hard. We talked about this last week. It's not for wimps. It is tiring. It can be exhausting. There are times where you just want to get away. The older people remember that commercial, Calgon, take me away. We're like, please, I just need a break from all this stress. The kids are killing me. You know, We can get that way. We escape to the bathroom. We think we'll be safe there. <laughs> like They can handle themselves for five minutes. But sure enough, what it, da, 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 da. they start talking, and then you see this. You're like, oh, I've tried to ignore them, but then here comes the hand. Help me. Like, I just want to go to the bathroom. It's terrifying in some cases, right? We don't want to beat you up this series. That's not the idea. That's not the goal. We want you to have grace and peace. We want you to leave with grace and peace. Or if you're not a parent yet, that you give grace and peace to other parents. Understanding it is a journey and it is hard work. And hopefully there's some of you here that say, one day I want to be a parent. And you're praying. And we've prayed over families that have dealt with infertility and and uh, there's still wisdom to be gained from this series. But to the exhausted parent, I want you to remember that parenting is just for a season. Okay, But being a parent is for a lifetime. You're actually going to do parenting for a short period of time. But you will be a parent for a lifetime. And young people, obedience. okay, Obeying mom and dad is just for a season. But according to the scripture, honor is for a lifetime. Now, as a parent, this, this season really is short. If we thought about it, I want to give you a number to think about, 936. It's an interesting number. You think it's a random number, but 936 represents a week in the life of your child. From, let's say, 18 years times 52. So 18 years, 52 weeks a year, 936 weeks in the life of your child. Psalm 90 Verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And so if we have that 936 weeks with our kids, okay, before maybe we're able to hopefully send them off, whether to college, workplace, who knows. But if that is our time with them, may we make the most of it. And as those numbers get smaller, as the 936 dwindles and dwindles, Early on, it's a lot of control. We've got to move to influence. Now, of course, they're still under your roof. They still have things to do with your family, but your control over them lessens, and we need to move to a place of influence. You have more control when they're two, three, four, five, right? I mean, we could think about all the things that we control. I mean, uh, when to go to the restroom. <laughs> hey, we're going on a trip. Go potty. You're going to bed. Make sure you potty before. Okay, there's a lot of things that we're controlling. There's behaviors that we're trying to put in them when they're very young. There's a lot of things we do. We tell them when to go to bed. A, a good parent doesn't ask a three-year-old, hey, you want to go to sleep tonight? Hey, what time? You want to set that bedtime for the rest of your life? No, there are things that we control and we set up. We're the boss. We say, brush your teeth, right? Hopefully, you're not telling the 18-year-old to brush their teeth. If you do, God help you, okay, and help us because that breath is probably really bad. But 
you've hopefully put that in them early and you had control over that. Eat your vegetables, get dressed, pick up your room. There's all types of things that they're younger, they're just more control that you have over. You're trying to put these behaviors into them. You have deemed this behavior to be important and you've laid down the law. And said, this is going to be done. You're going to clean up your room before this happens. Or you're going to eat this before you get up. You're going to clean this up for the family. This is how we do. We are the Hickmans, and this is what happens. Okay? Or the Hickmans, there's other behaviors that we have found to be important. And we haven't asked the kids for their opinion on it. It hasn't asked, what do you think about this? We've just deemed this important because they're a part of our family. And so beyond the bathroom, beyond vegetables, there are spiritual behaviors that are important as well. And so as a family, we have said, we pray together. We don't ask them, hey, you want to pray tonight? No. Okay. Hey, everyone bow their heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray. So we'll pray before bread, bread, yeah, before meals <laughs> and bed. So bread and bed. I just came up with some new, some new alliteration. Bread and bed. We pray before bread and we pray before bed. And there are times we'll pray on the way to the gathering, and there will be times we pray before basketball games or whatever the case may be, but it is a pattern in our life. We're going to pray together. We read the Bible. It is a pattern. We'll read with them, or we've bought them different devotionals as they've increased in their desire and learning to, or interest in reading. And so we have um, a, my, the son this morning put the Bible app on his iPod, and it was cool for him to read out loud and text us the verse of the day. I said, buddy, that's from Life Church. Don't ever do that again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we read the Bible. We gather with our church. That is something that, that is important to us. It is a part of my life. I was a drugged kid. Most of you know what that means. I was drugged on Sundays, drugged on Sunday nights, drugged on Wednesday too, where the church met, right? That, that I was always going to be around the church faith family, and we were going to do that. That was just a pattern in our home, and it's very important for us today. Now, there were times I tried to get out of it as a little kid. I'd go to Dad, hey, I'm not feeling well. I don't think I can, be a, I, can, I can be a part of the church thing this morning, Dad. And he'd say, well, are you sure you're not feeling? I don't feel well. I'd say, throw up, prove it. <laughs> so I threw up. And he said, good, you probably feel better. Let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so we would gather as a church. And then we tithe. That's a big deal. Something that I saw, a pattern in our family, and was taught about the tenth. That's what a tithe literally means. It, at minimum, your, your baseline, the, the floor of your giving is 10%, and, and we do that with our kids. And we talk about giving, and that's something that we put into our kids, okay? So we, at their younger age, can control behavior to a certain point. Now, I want you to find Deuteronomy chapter 6 in your Bible. Just don't use you version. I'm kidding. Use any Bible app you want to, as long as you've got a copy of God's Word. Let's find Deuteronomy chapter 6. There is going to come a time in the lives of our children where they're going to get to the point where you have to move. It will be necessary to move more into an influence stage. And they're going to start asking questions about the behaviors and why we do what we do. Well, last week in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, I'll read 4 through 9, and then we'll read some, uh, some new verses. But let's recap a little bit uh, from the first part of Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is really for parents here. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God. This is really for any follower, but specifically it's tied into parenting. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. 
And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Okay, mom and dad, a love for the Lord. You model that. That's very important that you love the Lord with all that you have in your your, your kids are sponges. They're going to soak that up. They're going to see it. They're going to know it. And often that will um, be louder than your words, how they watch you. And you, can wa- and you can teach even through living. Say, hey, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm pursuing God. Okay? They're going to see that. But it also says talk about it. When, when you're out and about, when you're at the house, have it around you. Have it in you. Have it in front of you. The idea is that you're going to teach this to your kids as well. You're going to be praying. You're going to be reading. You're going to be giving. You're going to gather with your church family, and you're going to be teaching about that. Now, that's kind of more the control phrase, control phase. Then get down to verse 20. I love how this is stated in verse 20 because this is how it happens. Verse 20, in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees? And regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey. It's like, you've been teaching this a lot, mom and dad, but why? What's the meaning of all this? Why are we doing this? Why, dad, why do we do that? Mom, why do we do this? Okay, yeah, we teach it and, and we explain it to our kids when they're small. Okay, We're in that phase where we're trying to get it in their hearts. But in the future, there's going to be a day that comes where it's going to be like, hey, why? I know you've been teaching me this and we, you've been living it and we've been doing this and we've been doing that. But why? Why exactly are we doing this? Why exactly are we doing that? They're going to even ask more questions. And they're curious even at a young age, but it's going to get more intense, and there's going to be more questions that are coming. Why do we do this? That's why we keep reading verse 21. Then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. And he brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. Then the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. Moses basically says, Mom and Dad, when you're asked, why we do what we do, why are we following God, why are we listening to him, you tie it back to his work, what he's done, and you tie it back to his word. That's what we should do as parents. That's influence. Psalm 78, verse 4 says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord about his power and his mighty wonders. And so when your child asks, why do we gather? Why is Sunday a big deal? Why do we make it a priority? Why aren't we going to the ball game instead? Why aren't we, um, why, like my other friends, they, they stay home. They're just online people. Okay? When, when they start asking that question, you need to explain a time. Okay, my faith family means this to me. They're, they're, you might not even know, son. You might not even know, daughter, but this is how the faith family has made an impact upon my life. There was some things going on in my life, and I, I turned, and my faith family stepped up, helped me, prayed for me, encouraged me, loved me, provided for me, have been there for me. And every day has helped a lot of people, a lot of families. And when things get better, you don't 
disconnect or disengage, you stay plugged in to keep you from some of those times that could be out there when you weren't plugged in. And so you get in close and you tell your kids, hey, the faith family has done this for us and has helped our family, blessed our family. I've learned so much because of my faith family. So when they ask, why do we give? Speak the truth to them. Hey, you know what? We're just managers. God owns everything according to the scriptures. And he has blessed us and allowed us to have this. And he says that we would be blessed if we would give back. And you know what, son? You know what, daughter? There have been times in our life that we gave, and, and we weren't even sure how it would all work out, and then God just blessed. He's always taking care of us. Things have, we've never had a want or need. God just, he's taking care of us because we've been faithful in that. God's umbrella has been over us. And so we give, and we want to honor him because not only has he done that in our lives, that's what the word teaches. So I've seen it personally in my life, son and daughter, but also this is what God says, so we want to be obedient. Well, why do we pray? Let me tell you a time that I was praying and God spoke to my heart. Or we were praying specifically about this situation. God stepped in and answered. Well, why do we read the scripture? Why are, why are we reading the Bible? Because let me tell you how the word has been a lamp unto my feet. There was a, a situation we've been praying about. We didn't know what to do, where to go. And, and we would spend time in the word. And this verse jumped off the page. And, and it was meant for me in this moment. It was meant for our family. And God spoke. And I've learned about God's heart, God's character. I've learned about who he is. And I've ex experienced it. But I had to be in the word to know it. And this is how the word has impacted my life, my family's life. Son, daughter. And so we're trying to move from control to influence. We're trying to show them. That is not just a ritual or even a discipline. It's really been impactful to our lives. And this is what God says about it. So in that stage, years, however many that is, we're moving from control to influence. We can have those conversations. And I long for, as the number 936 keeps shrinking in the life of my family with my kids, that 10 years from now, my kids will call, specifically let's say 10 to 15 years, and they'll come back and just say, hey, can I have some advice here? Can I have some wisdom here? I'm not, Dad, I'm not, I'm not asking you to solve all this, but hey, I, could you just kind of point me some direction, give me some guidance? That's influence. That's what I long for as a parent. And you know, those of you with grown kids, you love that moment when they know they can reach out to you and just say, hey, what, what you think about this? My kids are younger, but... I'll tell you one thing that blessed me this week. It's just funny how God does things. Um, we sponsor Henry. I've talked about it on multiple occasions in Kenya. We've been able to see him and pray for him and be with him. And, and it's not like we have this daily relationship. I've been to Kenya three times. Um, we've talked via Facebook some. We've exchanged a letter or two. But this week, he... We messaged on Facebook. He messaged me, and he, he sent me this message. He said, I need your advice, Dad, which, by the way, will bring tears to your eyes for this precious orphan to refer to me as Dad. And I felt like a complete failure as a dad being in Oklahoma and him being there and having such limited communication, right? But he said, are, basically, are you, he didn't put the you, but are you willing to help me about it? And then we had this conversation about this struggle in life that he's having right now. 
And it was just, should I go to do this school thing or should I go pursue this path? I was just asking for advice. That's moving from control to influence. And that's where we want to be. When we're at a stage where our kids are able to come and say, hey, can I ask you about something? Can I, can I, will you be a voice of influence in my life? But we've got to lay that foundation down. But often we really don't do that as parents. And, and this is something we need to learn. See, the pattern that I see most is that we create environments for our children to succeed, not success, but to succeed rather than teaching them to succeed in environments we can't control. And that's a problem, okay? When we're just trying to con- con- create the environments for them to succeed rather than teaching them how to be successful or how to succeed in environments they can't control or we can't control, there's a problem because we're trying to create an, a, a fail-safe environment where everything will be okay for them, where they'll experience no negative consequences. But a, a, a parent of influence will say, I just, I'll walk alongside you in this environment that I can't control, but I'll be there with you to help guide and, and provide any type of encouragement that I can. See, control is saying, I'm going to make the environment perfect for you. That's what control is. And we can't always be that way. And we should not always be that way. A control says, I'm going to make that environment, no matter what it is, I'm going to try to make it perfect for you so it'll be a fail-free, safe environment. I see this in coaching. A, a, A kid is not quite good enough yet to receive a uniform or playing time. And a parent, instead of saying, hey, let me help you walk through this to create the conversations that you need to have, you need to have or the work ethic you need to, uh, to uh, uh, gain, what I'm going to do is remove you from that environment because it's the environment's fault. And you're already going to fail in that environment, so I'm going to get you an environment where everything is okay and perfect. We'll transfer schools, or we'll get you on another thing. Or they'll say, you know what, it's the coach's It's the blame game now. It's someone else's fault because they're the ones that created such a bad environment. This goes for teachers. It goes for our life in general right now with parents. This is no way to set up your child for success. You're just trying to change the environment instead of leading them through like, hey, here's some wisdom how we can navigate this. Here's how we can make the best of this situation. Here's how we can handle this as a person of character. That's the path of influence. Prepare your child for the path, not the path for your child. Listen to me. That is so important. You are not going to be able to control every path. So quit trying now. Prepare your child who maybe is growing up to teenage years, to adulthood, Prepare them for whatever path may come because it ain't up to you. And it's fool's gold to try to create every path for them, a path of perfection. That's not life. The ultimate goal is to send your child out of the home as an adult, not as a kid. Someone that is mature enough, responsible, that that is able to face challenges ahead and they're going to be challenges and they're not going to be perfect at it but you're at least preparing them to face them head on that's not going to happen if you try to control their lives all the way up to the point you send them out or they end up staying till their 30s because it's so safe at mama house 
that's a problem. They don't need to be at your house. Control creates environments for our children to succeed. Influence gives your child the freedom to succeed. And here's where it's hard for the bubble wrap parent generation or fail in environments we can't control. I know there are parents that have moved to that stage of influence and it brings them great joy. And I hope to be there one day as well that they know, hey, dad, you can't change the consequences of this choice, but I know you're going to be there for me to give me any wisdom, guidance that you can. We're trying to move from control to influence. I don't know if you can go back to the day when maybe you went off to college or you moved out. You became fully aware. My parents don't have control. Hopefully they still had influence. I can remember going off to college and I saw parents that controlled every single move up until the day they dropped them off at college. And and you know what? I'm not a parenting expert, but that was a horrible strategy because I saw kids go like freedom. And maybe it was you. But to see that play out, because it was control, 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 and never to a point of influence, created a problem. Some of you with young kids, I get emotional thinking about as they get older, and, and it's, it can be hard as parents to even envision that day where they're sent off. But I pray that if, if my son or daughter go to college and they're off to a university and I'm dropping them off, that that can be done with great joy, knowing that there's still influence, there's still a relationship that is open and honest and rich. Maybe it's not college. That should bring tears to your eyes thinking about sending your young, growing, having your young kids grow up and, and go off. Maybe it's marriage. Listen, one day I'm going to be at the back of a gathering place with, with my daughter all dressed in white with some pervert down the aisle. <laughs> and I'm not letting her go unless he loves her as much as I do. But I, that's only going to come from a place of influence. Genesis 2.24 says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Interesting, it says, why a man leaves it, not, not a kid. So I, I'm hoping and praying that Izzy, that Isaac, that when it's time for them to leave home, they're at a place of maturity, that I'm not sending them off as kids, that I controlled their lives until the point they said, bye-bye. Then I failed, really, as a parent. And every child is different. And they're unique, and they're like snowflakes. And and they don't all respond the same to different parenting styles. But I want to be at a place of influence. That's what I'm shooting for. That's the goal. And if you have grown kids, it's time for you to, to let them go. Relationally, emotionally, financially. And even, if it's necessary, ge- necessary geographically, you need to let them go in any type of counseling situation, premarital or a, a young married couple, and, and they can, they're still being smothered by parents, I would say move thousands of miles away. You need to get away. 
There needs to be a joining of ones, becoming one flesh. And so parent, don't control these things. Let them free. Be a voice of influence. Listen, as we close, I want to quickly give us some practical tips to move in. I'll, I'll run through these, but I, I would love for you to write them down. And if maybe this will help you later, or maybe it can help you now, or maybe you can help a younger generation that is with younger kids now. But one, to, to kind of move from the path of control to influence, find other voices that echo your teaching. This is very important. Our whole family ministry is really based off this principle. We want to partner with you. Mom and dad, you basically have 3,000 hours a year of active time with them. Nico, our e-kids ministry, are going to have about 40. Your kids are going to have a front row to you. And we hope to kind of partner with you and echo the same things that you're saying. I could put it this way. We just want to be a voice that is echoing what we hope you are already saying at home. That's what we want to do as a church. We want to partner with you. We want to help you. We want to reinforce what you're teaching about the Bible and about the Lord. We want to do that here to help you in this. And you as a parent need to understand that's a priority. I need to find voices that will echo what I'm trying to teach. That's why I'm very comfortable letting my kids, and they love being back in E-Kids. And I'm very comfortable with that. And not only comfortable with it, I desire it. And it's intentional because I want that voice reinforcing what I'm saying because my voice can get old after a while. None of you believe that, but except Kim. But it can. And so I want that for my family. Two, allow your preschooler or young kid to make some decisions, but not adult decisions. Okay, If they're younger, yeah, you can let them make some decisions about, hey, what toy do you want to play with? Or, hey, it's probably a good idea to get dressed today. Which shirt do you want to wear? Okay, But we are wearing clothes outside. And so you maybe give them a choice here and there, and that's kind of the development mental stage, and you're trying to help the child make decisions, and you're trying to get there. But as your pastor, let me just tell you, if your child doesn't want to be involved in e-kids, that's on you. If they're younger, listen, you are the one that are setting the behavior. You make them brush your teeth because you find that important. You need to say, hey, we're doing this. Get, get dressed. You, get your tail up. We're going. Be the boss. You do that with everything else. You're going to school today. Okay, so that's important, and God's not important. What you teaching your kid? You wouldn't say that. No, I would never say that, but you sure are teaching them because you are saying other things are important, and you make them do it. And so be the boss. You make the adult decision. Three, talk to your teens like adults, not children. This is a great way to move from control to influence. Okay, they're, they're growing. Start talking to them in more mature ways. Okay, don't look at a teenager and say, oh, they're just up to no good. It's a teen. Oh, they're just teenagers, crazy teens. No. Talk to them like adults, not kids. Fourthly, give more responsibilities and less reminders. Well, they'll never go to school or they'll be late for school. Listen, I, I think as you go from control to influence, there needs to be felt the weight of their choices, which could be positive and negative. There are consequences. I remember talking to my basketball team, and I said there are positive consequences. And the kid's like, there's positive ones? Yeah, you, consequence isn't always negative. And, and you can allow them to feel the positive side and highlight that. Hey, you know that choice you made and why you got that grade or this? is because, listen, there's good things happen when you do good things. 
But also, you need to let them feel the negative side of things. So you give them more responsibility and less reminders. Don't, don't, hold, your hand all, the, the, don't hold your kid's hand all the way until they're adults. You understand what I'm saying? Give them some freedom. Give them some responsibility. Make them pay the bills. Make a rite of passage. Or you're going to send out a kid into an adult world. And it's going to be much harder for them than getting someone prepared for the path. That's out there. Five, and lastly, validate feelings and teach the life lesson later. And this might not be for you today, but it's for me. This is one part I need to work on the most as a parent because I love giving that life lesson. I love the sermonette. Kim's saying amen in her heart and even out loud. <laughs> I can probably with her too. She's like, forget the kids. You need to work on five with me. But there's plenty of times that I'm ready. Oh, well, let me tell you, I got something for you right here. And sometimes the hug is better than the sermon. Don't say amen to that. Hey, hey. <laughs> the sermon is always better. Right? No. I, listen with my kids. There are times that, hey, I, I get it. Man, that does stink. And then I'm not, do not negate. We're to teach. We just read in Deuteronomy 6 about teaching the word of God. But there are times and in the moments I'm with you. That, that does hurt. That stinks. Man, come here. Love on me. I want to love on you. I'm sorry. Hug him. Validate. Yeah, you're a kid and you're facing kid emotions right now. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, sweetie. Man, that does stink. That sucks. Whatever. And then when the time is appropriate, it can be the lesson. Hey, let's kind of talk through this. You remember that? Whatever. But I would think it's important to, to remember. Get better with validating because we want to move to a place of influence. Between my kids, we're somewhere in the 400s. We've moved from 936 to about 400, 476, maybe a little less, depending on uh, when they leave. My son will be 18 and a half when he graduates uh, high school, and, and who knows what's next. But that number is shrinking. I'm over halfway. Some of you... You're at only influence. And I hope that it's a good season and a healthy season. And if it's not there, let's pray and ask God for favor there. Some of you, your number's closer to the 936 with some of your kids. Brittany's from 100 to 900. She's, she's all over the map. <laughs> Whatever that is, let's number our days. Time's short. Parenting is just for a season, but being a parent's for a lifetime. And that lifetime, we hope, is from a place of influence. But it's not ever going to be there if it's just control. Control. You're not going to get there. Now, right now, some of you have little kids. You're not at the influence stage, okay? You want to eat this? I don't know. Whatever you want to eat. Cheetos. Okay, fill up. No, you, control, okay? But put this in your heart and your mind. Let's start remembering in a place of maturation. Mom and dad, we want to be at a place of influence. That's where we want to be. So today I want to close in prayer. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? I want to ask Molly just to kind of come and play. I really want this to be kind of a ministry moment for you. So just even in the stillness of the room, 
I want you to pray for your, your kids and then your faith family kids. And if you don't have kids, maybe you're a kid in here. I want you to pray for mom and dad. If you're under the authority and under the roof of your folks, I would love for you to pray for your mom and dad. If you have grown kids, if you have young kids, anywhere in between, I'd love for you to pray for your kids, your family, grandkids. You know, you still have a place of influence with grandkids. You're not the supreme boss and authority, but boy, their grandkids love their grandparents. Maybe you don't have kids. I'd love for you to pray for people in this room that do. And pray for a place of influence. And as you're praying, uh, if you want to pray for a, another parent or family in here, I just want to give you the freedom to move around. If you want to get on your knees or if you want to go pray literally with them in this moment, then I would encourage you to do so. I, I, I just want the Spirit to move and for you to make sure that you meet with Him. And if He lays it on your heart, then I would love for you to pray for one another and pray together. Whatever the Lord puts upon your heart. And so Molly will play and, and she'll sing at some point. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to keep praying, keep praying. But let's pray for the families of Everyday Church. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless.